So this is our second episode, um, and uh, we're really looking forward to this one. We are, yes. we are. Not least because we're in Poland. We're in Poland. We're at the Copy Camp in Poland, but we yeah. have a guest um, who has agreed to speak to us. Yes. Um, so we have Eleonora Rosati, Dr. Eleonora Rosati, who is uh, Associate Professor of Intellectual Property Law at the University of Southampton. So, welcome. Thank you, and uh, hello, everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. No, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. It's you know, a great pleasure and an honor for me. Okay. Oh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it is, yes, yeah, so it is the second copyright waffle we've ever done. It is, so, yes. Yeah. Yes. We're going to try not to eat any cake. We're not going to eat any cake, yes. No. So, we got some feedback last time that, uh, yeah, the eating of the cake in the headphones on a podcast. Not nice. Not great. No, no, no. no so we're not doing that. We're just going to stick to some copyright waffle. We're going to stick to the waffle. We've yeah. got some tea, haven't we? We have got tea. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's yeah. all fine. So You've got your tea, Eleonora. I yes. do, I do. Yes, <laughs> lovely, yeah, yeah. lovely. Okay. Okay. So, so should we kick off? I think we should, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I think probably the first question that we would like to ask you um, is about your copyright history. Mm. So if you can just tell us, well, a bit about your background, but how did you get involved in copyright? What is it that interests you? Oh, I don't know whether uh, you know my history of how I got into copyright is an exciting story, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I can it is. tell you that uh, it started when I was a law student in Florence, in Italy, ah. and uh, back in the day, but still today, there is no intellectual property course at the law school in Florence. So one will not have a choice to study IP even if you wanted to. Mm. And uh, so um, what we have to do when we are about to graduate uh, is to choose a topic for our dissertation. And um, one Sunday morning, I still remember the day because it was really life-changing, wow. I was reading the newspaper and there was an article written by a commercial law professor on the Italian newspaper Corriere della Sera and he was speaking about the challenges that the internet has been posing to copyright protection. So I said, wait a moment, what is this copyright? It sounds very interesting. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it was really, you know, life-defining um, moment of uh, my career mm. as a young lawyer. And uh, I was really attracted to copyright immediately because it seemed to be the area of the law that combined everything I was passionate about. Mm. Creativity, culture, mm -hmm. technological advancement, uh, difficult legal issues. Yeah. So it was, you know, the perfect uh, play field yes. for someone like me. And so I, I went uh, and asked the professor of private law uh, whether I could write a dissertation on copyright. And he told me, look, I don't know anything about this area. If you want to go ahead, <laughs> you're wow. very welcome to do so. Wow. And so I started studying it on my own. And then um, I had the opportunity to start an internship at a, a law firm in Milan, Berdenberg, which has a, a strong IP practice. Mm, right. And uh, there I had the chance to see these uh, copyright cases, how they are dealt with in practice, my ever first piece of work on the very first day of my internship 
was to advise on whether an advertisement could be made using fictional characters that look like um, Snow White, Cinderella, wow. and what the copyright risk would be. Wow! <laughs> and so oh. that was the beginning, and then the following year I had the chance to start studying IP in a more structured sense. I did my LLM at Cambridge. Right, and right. So um, I studied IP with Professor Lionel Bentley. Yes. And then, yeah. then I know the rest is history. I continued oh. staying in this field. And uh, to be honest, it has been a very happy relationship yes. and uh, one uh, that I've not got tired of. Uh, and I think I will never. <laughs> it's a wonderful story. Oh, that is. It yeah. is. I can I can picture you now in Florence in the sun with the newspaper <laughs> on a little balcony overlooking the Duomo or something, and, uh, reading this story, yeah. and then suddenly this inspiration strikes you to. Love at first sight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you were right in the deep end there with yeah. your going looking at Disney characters. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow. So, you know, I've always thought that it is a very fun area and yeah. uh, um, it is one that uh, really does not ever really have a dull moment. There's always something going on. Eh? Mm. And uh, mm. I think that uh, copyright is one of the few areas in the law where the people who work here really feel that what they are doing is not just a job, mm. but yeah. it is also something that uh, they are passionate about or at least uh, interested in from mm. a personal standpoint. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When we, we've been talking to people here, because uh, you know, you've only just arrived at the end of yesterday, haven't yeah, you? And yeah. so this is your first day at the, the yeah. conference, but we've been speaking to some of the other people, and I think copyright. You know, copyright lawyers. You know, they may be representing clients and taking one view, but they they, they seem to have really passionate beliefs as well, which may yeah. be not always the same exactly. as what they're representing. <laughs> Maybe that's just this conference. And, and, no, no, you know, no. I think that is uh, absolutely true because, yeah. uh, of course, uh, you know, you cannot do copyright and think of it as just a technical task, no. or a series of tasks that you have to do for a client, mm. something that. Uh, uh, really uh, is in between your life and something fun. Mm -hmm. No, it's yeah. something that uh, you feel connected to immediately mm -hmm. and even if uh, um, you are doing that in a professional capacity, you feel that uh, uh, it goes to the depth of what uh, you think the law should be like, yeah. how the regulation of culture should work. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it is very difficult to maintain a neutral stand on mm -hmm. all these issues. Mm. Yeah. So how, how do you try to convey some of that passion to your students when you teach them? <laughs> do you think they go away, though, like, excited about copyright? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure if they've been taught by you that, you know, they, they will. Oh, right? That's kind of... I mean, yeah. For them, it is, of course, a subject to study, but I think that the, one of the aspects that they appreciate the most is seeing, uh, indeed, uh, this uh, first uh, point of attraction that I had myself, uh, yeah. that the copyright is about the things that we are interested in. Yeah. For instance, uh, last week uh, the term started, uh, and uh, as I do every year, I provided an overview of uh, various uh, issues that IP law is concerned with. Mm. And so, when you explain to students uh, that if you want to create a video game and uh, you have uh, to present the avatar of a sports person and mm. the sports person has tattoos and mm. tattoos might raise issues, mm. yeah. immediately, you know, there is a, you know, a burst of attention, what mm. is going on? Yeah. <laughs> or if you tell them about uh, uh, streaming uh, video games while they are being played on Twitch, I mean, it is not completely risk-free and the world, ah, why is that so? Mm. Uh, or uh, when, you, when you discuss uh, possible liabilities on YouTube or social mm. media, 
eh, or issues such as can you resell an ebook that you get tired of yeah. uh, immediately there is uh, this connection and, uh, and I think that is what makes copyright so alive and yes. uh, makes also students uh, willing to know more and yeah. to get into the IT sector uh, for their future professional endeavors. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just, I was remembering that I came to your Exceptional Exceptions seminar was about four <laughs> years ago, yes, now, sort of three or four years ago. And that was one of the things that inspired me to actually go and do further study into oh. copyright. Because it's something I'd worked in for many years. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. always that kind of like disconnected, like you might be working with it, but you actually go down the route of academic study. And it yeah. was... Uh, no, it was, a, it was a great seminar, and I know how you use kind of uh, images as well to kind of metaphors to make the point. I remember yeah. you talking about um, uh, the uh, the Court of Justice of the European Union being a bit like uh, Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins, and not, <laughs> wanting, to, not wanting to let go. Um, so yeah, no, it was that was uh, a really great moment. So yeah, no, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. So I, I ruined your life. Yeah, possibly. That's possibly. <laughs> Uh, all friends and family will just say, oh, God, he never shuts up about that. <laughs> but there we go. Um, so I mentioned uh, the Court of Justice of the European Union. Mm-hmm. So one of the next question we wanted to ask is what, what you're working on at the moment. And we know that you've, you, well, you've got a book that's coming out, haven't you? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It is a book, unsurprisingly, perhaps, to those who have been following what I've done over the past few years, about the case law of the Court of Justice in the era of copyright. Mm. Uh, the title is very inimaginative, in, in and it is a copyright in the Court of Justice of the European Union. It mm-hmm. is coming out with Oxford University Press in early 2019. Excellent, okay. <laughs> and it is a, a book about 20 years of case law of the Court of Justice and trying to understand what directions the court have been following. Sometimes uh, one of the criticisms is that this court is completely unpredictable, yes. while yeah. it's not always the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can see some patterns. Exactly. And, okay. and the standards and principles that yeah. the court has been consistently relied upon. So I've tried to extract these principles. I found 11 yeah. that have been used consistently. And so this uh, jurisprudence is not as uh, unpredictable as some critics have been saying. So the book is about that and it is about exploring the legacy of this case law and the impact on the construction of different areas such as economic rights, exceptions and limitations Mm -hmm. and enforcement aspects. Oh, fascinating. Okay, so um, I think most people, well, we don't know quite how many people are listening to the podcast, but some people will be very familiar with the way that all of this works and the sort Mm -hmm. of various different international legal instruments. Um, But can you kind of just give us a very basic kind of overview of how European copyright law works. So you have this kind of harmonisation, yeah. but underneath it you've got all these member states that take a slightly slightly different uh, approach to it because they have their own local laws, don't they? So can you explain kind of how that works in a, in a sort of straightforward yeah, sure. way? Sure. Okay. Um, at, at the moment, uh, each member state of the European Union yeah. has its own copyright law. Mm. So there are 28, so mm-hmm. 27 mm-hmm. different copyright laws. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's try not to go there. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Across the European <laughs> Union. And uh, what has happened is that over time there has been a growing realization at the EU level that some differences in the national laws will create barriers to the free movement of copyright yeah. content. Yeah. For yeah. instance, 
if you have a duration of copyright that is a life plus 50 in Germany, mm-hmm. as it was back in the day, yeah. and a duration of life plus 70 in France, then you would have content that will be protected in France, but will be in the public domain in Germany. Yeah. So, of course, this creates frictions mm. within this internal market. Mm. And it is on account of these considerations, but also others, that the European Union has progressively tried to uh, harmonize the different national laws. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. This has happened through an instrument that is called directives. Mm. They are legislation that needs to be transposed at the national level. So uh, the individual member states will retain their own copyright laws, but they will need to make sure that these laws are in line with what the European Union requires. Mm. And then uh, what happens is that, of course, there is a litigation on copyright grounds being brought before national courts, and the judge might have a doubt as to the correct interpretation of a national provision that descends from EU law. Right. So what they can do is to make a reference to the Court of Justice of the European Union and ask the court to provide the correct interpretation of that provision. Yeah. So to yeah. be able to solve the case pending for them. Mm. And uh, um, that is uh, how copyright cases reach the court of justice, mm. uh, by questions regarding the correct interpretation. Yeah. And uh, uh, over time, uh, many references have been made and the court of justice uh, Uh, has tried to uh, clarify doubts that have arisen at the national level. And uh, in other cases, uh, and that has been quite frequent, especially uh, more recently, the court has created additional doubts (laughs) (laughs) uh, that have prompted uh, even more references. Mm. Just to give you an idea of the numbers, if you take uh, the right of communication to the public, that has become possibly the most contentious economic rights mm. and has been at the center of over 20 cases before the Court of Justice just because we don't understand what communication to the public is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it does get a bit confused, doesn't it? Because there, there is a bit of a confusion between communication to the public and public performance. Exactly. Isn't there as well? So we have public performance in the mm-hmm. UK, yeah. uh, but the, they don't have it harmonised across Europe. Mm-hmm. So some of those references are about things where music's being played in dentists' waiting rooms exactly. and, and in hotel mm. rooms. And <laughs> some of the people yeah. yesterday, actually, who were playing Copyright the Card Game, because we had a whole range of people from yeah. different European countries, and they all commented at the end, one of the things they said was, we're quite surprised, actually, that there are a lot of differences. It seems that, well, you know, di- UK copyright law's got quite a lot of, you know, things in it that were not in Well, the difference, and, and the difference similar. is to do with the common law and civil law traditions as well, isn't it? So the fact that a lot of continental European law is based on the civil law tradition mm. that goes all the way back to the Roman mm. Empire, isn't mm. it? And then, and then there's this British-English legal tradition which is different. So that's been quite a source of tension, hasn't it, at the European level? Yeah, I mean... I mean uh, Something interesting now that you open the parenthesis about Roman law okay. is that uh, in our memory, Roman law is about the code, no? Yes. Mm-hmm. But that is a quite a late achievement of the Roman Empire because back in the day, in the classic Roman times, uh, Roman law was a lot like a common law. 
Okay. Because uh, you went uh, with a specific case, uh, and uh, so the law was made on the cases. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, there is a, a legacy of Roman law that it's not just about the code, uh, but there was a, a time in which it worked like, you know, common law then developed. Yeah, yeah, that's really <laughs> right. but, uh, So that was, you know, a bit uh, of a parenthesis that's about fine. the legacy <laughs> of, we like, of... We like, we like tangents. Yeah. <laughs> of Roman law. Um, as far as uh, what you were saying before, you're absolutely correct. There has been tradition this tension between continental Europe and mm. common law country mm. and the reason has been the different understanding that these legal systems have had of what copyright is for and while continental Europe has followed the French droit system mm. and seen copyright as a natural entitlement of the author, mm. kind mm. of a natural right, yeah. mm. common law copyright traditions have seen copyright more like an incentive granted by the state to stimulate the creation of new works. Yeah. And that is the rationale that in Britain mm. uh, underpins the statute of Anne. Yes. Yeah. And in the United States uh, underpins the copyright clause in the US Constitution. Yeah. Um, so, of course, if you move from these different understandings of mm. what copyright is for, then you design fairly different copyright systems. Uh, the French uh, style system will be very protective yeah. and in mm. a system in which exceptions uh, will be tightly designed. Yeah. No? Uh, while the common law style system will be one in which copyright protection should be kept to a minimum, just what is needed to work as an incentive, but should not uh, mm. uh, become a kind of uh, um, position in which you gain a lot mm. but you're not incentivized to produce more mm. yeah absolutely mm. and then the US kind of taking that common law tradition mm. and with this utilitarian tradition exactly. and with having fair use in there that kind of opens up those exceptions mm. quite quite widely yeah yeah. Uh, yeah mm. absolutely so it's just reminding me Jane was on the opening panel yesterday and it was there was a conversation and it was I think it was so the typical, the same arguments really being rolled out again, yes. isn't there? There's, there's the differing views of what copyright is about and rights holder people saying it's, you know, authors have this right and it's akin to a human right. Yeah, they were very, the, we had a, a, a kind of, a, a not, not necessarily... Um, I don't think we moved the argument on much further. I don't think you resolved the, resolved the tensions that would exist no, within copyright law. No, then, no, but it, you know, it was quite clear um, that the the kind of the left side of the panel was was um, also, was very uh, kind of. So we had someone from Google. We had someone um, who sort of got a YouTube channel. Mm. There was me, the voice of education, um, and we we had um, uh, a kind of. A, a set really of people from the industry from the creative industries and um yeah it became a discussion about money i think effectively and and you know rather than than talking about creativity and, and a slightly of, confused conversation about monopolies and what monopolies oh, went gosh, and i think yes. there were there were two different understandings i think there was we're getting stuck on the idea of a monopoly right granted by the state mm-hmm. and then another one being a company in a monopoly position mm. and of course you know people but it was <laughs> it was brought up by one of the rights holders yeah. so which you know I've, I've always found quite um i think coming from a background a sort of library and information background and feeling that people should have a right to have access to information mm. that that they were very very strong with saying well it's of course a human right to assert you know your 
you, you to, to have the rights to control how your work is used and and to sort of equate that with a human right um, when that should be sort of almost at the expense of somebody getting access to mm -hmm. to cultural heritage and to information it it, it just I don't know we, we didn't we didn't get very far really I think we weren't going to solve anything yesterday but it was <laughs> it was yeah it was an experience. It was an experience. It was an experience. experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, if we can go back a bit to, you know, you're talking about how you got involved in copyright um, and you worked with, with Lionel Bentley. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, well, the question is, who are your copyright heroes? Presumably Lionel's a big figure in your life. Do you want to talk about him? <laughs> or do you want to talk about anyone else that you've worked with who kind of uh, inspired you and kind of showed you? But, uh, certainly, you know, I owe uh, a lot to Lionel because mm. uh, uh, you know he's a very rigorous scholar mm. uh, very knowledgeable one and also generous with his time mm. and that uh, especially when one is at the beginning of, uh, of his or her career yes everything yeah because yeah, you absolutely. can't really progress if uh, someone more experienced does not give you the tool to do so mm. so I will be forever grateful for this. Mm. Then, of course, another person that has been very important in my life and still is, is Jeremy Phillips, yeah. uh, the founder of IPCAT, yes. uh, Journal of Intellectual Property Law and Practice, among many others. Yeah. And uh, uh, when we speak of generosity, something that, uh, that I mentioned a moment ago is really the embodiment of generosity. Mm. Uh, it's helped me a lot, but I think that many other people can say the same mm. because Jeremy uh, now is retired, mm. but has been extremely generous with his time, with his knowledge, um, with his enthusiasm. And uh, arguably, I would say that uh, he's responsible for creating the idea that there is an IT community. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not just people working in isolation, not even knowing what other people are up to, mm. he has created this sense of community he has made the people feel that they could participate. Mm. So I think that, that his contribution to IP has been outstanding. And um, also introducing the idea that blogging would be something that IP will benefit from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is you know, very modern. His mm. engagement with social media, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic resource, exactly. isn't it? It really is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm doing my, my master's at the moment and I'm asking people that work at universities and where do they go to get their information about copyright and mm. everyone says 1709 blog and IPCAT. It's kind of, mm. you know, the place that people go. And I think even though it's very technical content, mm. it's accessible and it's, mm. you know, and I think, you know, see the way that you write and, mm. and, and uh, Merple and, you know, things like that. <laughs> I think it, it makes it accessible. It makes it feel like even if there are arguments within it, it's still... A community, and I think you're bringing new people in, aren't you? As well, that's really important as well to yeah. have kind of new scholars um, encouraged to 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 be on the blog as kind of um, I don't know, like apprentices or I don't know what you call them. You... Yeah, we have a guest cats, guest cats, more that's junior, it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. the kittens, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. that our interns, yes. our IT kittens. Yeah, and uh, so the idea is that it is a community that's always open. Eh? Yeah. Everybody's welcome to contribute. And then it is important, of course, also to, to bring on board more junior people yeah. who have a lot of enthusiasm, energy, yeah. and they deserve you know, to have access to this type of platforms mm. in order to continue developing and mm. also benefit you know, 
to and from the community of, uh, of established yeah. practitioners. And then I would add also that the people like you guys uh, are doing a great job because uh, your uh, copyright games, cards, yeah. <laughs> we're entertaining people. Tables. No, I think that they are doing a, a great deal because copyright is extremely technical field. Yeah. No? Yeah. And they make it uh, accessible and yeah. understandable yeah. also to people who are not lawyers mm. is uh, an extremely challenging task. Mm. And uh, uh, I think that uh, you know, work like yours is benefiting a lot to create mm. awareness and education, which is uh, not just about giving information, but uh, indeed allowing people to really assimilate this information and make mm. it their own. Yeah. Well, we've, we've been asking quite a lot of people. We, we did a, a poll yesterday um, in, in our talk um, where we were asking people how did copyright make, make them feel. Mm-hmm. And um, lots of the same words come up when you just ask them to put some words in. So we had a word Great. cloud. And it was, it was <laughs> basically frustrated, you know, kind of they feel it's complicated, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And I, I think, um, and, and I mean, the two words that just keep coming up are confused and frustrated. And, and for us, I think what we feel is that we want people to be less confused. Confused yeah. and frustrated, but it's the the technical nature of copyright, isn't mm. it, that I think makes it then something that's putting people off, get kind of even going any deeper because they think, oh, you know, this suddenly I'm all, all of this complicated stuff, the kind of how it relates to Europe as well. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And plus, there is a lot of misinformation. Yeah. And that is not doing any good. I think. No. 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 Or I think. Uh, using, as we've seen uh, a lot uh, in these uh, policy debates, uh, these uh, very emotional tones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I uh, understand that they are attractive uh, to become a mainstream topic, mm. uh, that you use a very emotional language, mm. but uh, um, that at times is misleading. Yeah, and uh, misinformation is never uh, a good idea, I would no. say. No, 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 it's not helpful at all. No. Um, one thing I, I was going to ask about is, is uh, well, we have kind of like a section on copyright news. We um, do. Like, are there any topical news things? So mm-hmm. I wonder if we can play our You've got rather splendid co- copyright news jingle. jingle. Copyright news, 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 copyright news. So is there anything in, in, in the news at the moment which has particularly caught your eye? But I would say that uh, the biggest news in Europe is the progress of this uh, copyright directive. Yes. As you will have seen, uh, there has been now the vote of the European Parliament. Yeah. And uh, so the trilogue has begun. That mm. is a closed-door negotiations between uh, the Council, uh, Commission and the European Parliament. So I think uh, this directive is happening. Mm. Uh, it, it might be approved uh, of course, uh, in the early months of 2019. So that is a big news. It will be interesting to see what the final text will be. Yes. Because uh, according to critics, uh, it will uh, change radically mm. what we can and cannot do online, as mm. well as what businesses can and cannot do. Mm. Then I would say that another news that might be of interest to people is that there is now a case pending before the Court of Justice, Tom Cabinet, asking whether it is possible or not to resell uh, electronic copies of books. Ah. Tom Cabinet is a Dutch business that trades in used e-books. Right. Yeah. Whether that is lawful or not remains to be seen. Yeah. yeah. So that might be of interest to Absolutely. users yes. of copyright yeah. protected content. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, well, 
we will uh, we'll keep close, close eye keep on that close one. eye on those and yeah. urge everyone to, yeah. to keep an eye on, on latest developments on the 1709 block is the yeah. place I would say <laughs> Absolutely. isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so can can I ask yeah, can yeah. Ask, yeah. Eleanor I was going to ask you a question about you know um can you? Um, I mean, where do, where do you go to keep yourself up to date with copyright? So, I mean, do, do you do you have some specific sites that you look at? Are you are you kind of just following what's happening? You know, through various legal journals and things. I I would say that if you want to know what is going on at the moment, mm. the best source is Twitter. Right. I find it extremely valuable um, if you follow you know, certain persons uh, or accounts yes. you receive a lot of information in real time and it is great also as a forum to exchange opinions rapid follow ups so that one is a very valuable resource yeah. then of course uh, I would recommend following IPCAT and 79 <laughs> blog of course <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. and then other blogs that are very interesting uh, for instance, for those uh, with, uh, with a thing for uh, fashion uh, issues and intellectual property aspects, uh, the fashion law is a very good uh, source of information, okay. so I read it regularly. Because that's one of your real interests as well, isn't it, I think? Uh, I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> we all love pretty things. Yes, <laughs> yeah, of course we do. <laughs> and it is interesting to see what legal issues are being brought uh, yeah. in, in, in this uh, sector, which is also very interesting from a business standpoint. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Then, you know, I would say that uh, Google News is another good uh, way to get yeah. the information about copyright developments. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, there is always something going on at the court of justice level. Mm. So mm. Uh, following the activity of the court uh, is also a good way to keep yeah. abreast of what, uh, of what is going on. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, okay. yeah. that's really good. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll probably provide links. We can probably do that, so. can't we? Can yeah, we can. Those links. We and, can. of course, we will urge everyone to follow Eleanor on Twitter as well. So yes, <laughs> yeah, so she can yeah. share her little post. What's your Twitter with? handle? It is at... Ilonora, that is E L A W N O R A. That's very clever as yes. well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We like a play on words, don't we? We do, yeah. we do, yeah. Um, we're aware now that we're at the conference and yeah. the conference is about to start quite soon. We probably need to try and, and grab a bite to eat and we're not we allowed to do. eat on, on microphone, are we? So, no, uh, no. Do you no, want no. to just give us a very brief uh, summary of what you're going to be talking about later because we're looking really. F- Really looking forward to hearing you uh, mm. talk. Yeah, the conference. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, so the topic of my presentation will be intermediary injunctions. Uh, so you know that it is possible for right holders to seek an order from a court uh, addressed at an intermediary to do something, usually for the sake of API enforcement and repressing uh, infringements, especially in the online sphere. So, uh, there has been a wealth of case law in this area, so what I would like to do in the time at my disposal is uh, to present the five principles that can be derived from this wealth of cases and that govern the current intermediary uh, injunction framework. So that will be the topic of, um, of my talk. We're looking forward to it. We do, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it might be time to have some cake. I, I think now. it is, Are you yeah. into cake, Eleanor? I am into cake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you got any, any particular favourites of cake? Anything works. Anything works. Chocolate? A little bit of chocolate? Of course, of okay. course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Oh, well, we'll get the cake oh, Well, I think we need to stop the recording. Though, I think so. Yes, I think we just okay. say thank you very much. Thank thanks you very much. Guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us.
Um, this is just seamless, isn't it? Um, the way that this works. Uh, where is it? Oh, okay. oh, <laughs> we could just sing it. it. We could yeah, it well, well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll probably edit this bit out because uh, <laughs> unless it turns out to be amusing when we listen back to it. Um, um, it's finding it. it. It's finding it. It's nearly there. It's, yeah. It's, it's nearly there. And it's going to be really worth it as well, isn't it? It's like a news flash. Here yeah. we go. Okay, nearly there. <laughs> I couldn't play the track requested. We'll just assume that we played the jingle. Copyright news, copyright news, copyright news, copyright news.